time turn with me to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. And if you're a visitor or first time guest here with us today, we are so thankful that you have chosen to be in our house of the Lord today. Amen. And uh, I know this may be a first time for you to be in a Pentecostal uh, service, Pentecostal church, uh, but the, the music is important. And the Word of God and the preaching and teaching of the Word is just as important. In fact, it's not, if not more important. And this is why uh, it is uh, a, 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 not even a custom, it's really uh, a, a good practice and rule that once the preaching begins, you stay in your seat unless you absolutely have to leave. Now, we understand. We have elderly. We have people with children. We have people with sickness. And if you've got to go out and use the restroom, go ahead and do so. But if you would be kind enough to respect everybody else and not disturb the service by staying in the back somewhere, if there's a seat to sit back there, that's great. Amen. Instead of coming back down here so, you know, people are disturbed. So their focus and attention is not taken away from the preaching of the Word of God. If you could do that, we'd deeply appreciate it. And uh, we, we will have a great move of God in our midst. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 We don't want to offend anybody. Praise God, but the Word of God exhorts us and tells us that we have to make sure that everything is done decently and in order. Yeah. Hallelujah. God is an orderly God. Yeah. Amen. If you don't believe it, just look at your body, look at the universe. Everything is in an order. Praise God. Luke chapter 13, and we will begin with verse 10. And he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on a Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together, it means humped over, and could in no wise lift, her, uh, lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. Imagine that. And this ruler said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, Doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you for a little while this morning on the subject, bound by the devil, but loosed by Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, the devil hasn't made change strong enough to bind somebody that Jesus cannot break. There's no sickness that could come upon us that Jesus could not heal. 
There's no hindrance that God cannot overcome. There's no wall high enough that he cannot overcome. Hallelujah. Our God is a God. He's a redeemer. He's a healer. He's a miracle worker. And what he did yesterday, he can do today. For Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, clap your hand to us and Lord and say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Was in the church. The Bible says he went to the synagogue. And this was his custom. That was his manner. Praise the Lord. That's a good habit to be in, to go into the house of the Lord on the Sabbath day. And Sunday for us is the Sabbath day. It's a day of rest, yes. But really, it's a, it is a rest in the Lord. It is a spiritual rest. It's we give God our undivided attention and his word as well. And we honor him by showing up in the house of the Lord. And the Christians who've been born again are exhorted in the book of Hebrews. Uh, he said, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together as the matter of some is, but even more so do it as you see the day approaching, the day of Jesus' return approaching. And the signs of the times and every sign we see around us indicates that his word is true and he's coming soon. He gave us the signs that we ought to look for in a generation in which he is to return. And we see those signs around us today. That's not what I'm preaching about today. I'm not preaching about the signs. I'm talking about Jesus coming to church service. And as he went into the synagogue, he went to teach and to preach. Hallelujah. Now, it's interesting when you look at Jesus' ministry, he taught a whole lot more than he preached. But either way, the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So when you're around preaching and teaching the word of God, faith comes to you. And if you have faith, a little bit of it, faith gets stronger and bigger for you to receive and experience more from the, from the word of God and from the presence of God. He wants you to have more than what you have right now. He wants you to know him better than you know him. He wants you to experience him in a way that you have never experienced him before because he is God. Can I tell you that he is a greater God that you can ever imagine or conceive? Amen. If you could just get a glimpse of what God is. Hallelujah. He's not just a person sitting on the throne somewhere far away. Far be it from me, hallelujah, to tell you that. He is here right now. He's a spirit. He's a spirit and he's invisible and he's everywhere. He can make himself known. He can make himself felt. He can do whatever he wants to do because he is God. He is bigger than the universe. Hallelujah. God doesn't contain the universe. The universe contains him. That's how big our God is. And God can do anything and nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. Hallelujah. For nothing is impossible for us. Our God. Jesus went to the synagogue. He went to church and he's here right now. Where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in the midst of them. That's the word of God. And whether you feel him or not, he is here right now. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm excited about that because just as on that day when he went on the Sabbath day, hallelujah, he saw a woman there that had an infirmity. The Bible said it was due to a spiritual condition. And the Bible plainly says that the Satan caused that, that physical condition. Amen. And now let me just quickly say, it's foolish to say that every physical ailment is a result of some kind of a spiritual problem. That's not true. Hallelujah. 
It's not because you did something wrong. It's not because the devil bound you, or he can, but we cannot say with any certainty whatsoever, it's not biblical to say that every physical ailment is a result of a spiritual problem. It's not. But at the same time, it's foolish to say, hallelujah, that, that uh, every spiritual, uh, that, that the spiritual problems of man, amen, uh, are caused by, by, not by sin, but by, by sickness. Hallelujah. We just lift your hands right now and pray. Oh, Lord Almighty God, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke every spirit of contention and strife. In the name of Jesus, I would rebuke every spirit that would come against your people, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus is in our midst, and he was in the midst of this synagogue when this woman shows up who was bound by Satan for 18 years. Now notice, Jesus knew how long she was in that condition. Nobody had to tell him. He knows things. He knows things about you that you don't even know about yourself. The Bible says that he knows the very number of the hairs on your head. Praise the name of the Lord. He knows you better than you know yourself. And so he knew that this woman was bound by Satan for 18 years. And even without her asking, she called on him. She did not come to, to, to be healed. In fact, there's no indication that tells us that she came to synagogue that day because she wanted Jesus to heal her. We don't know why she was there. In fact, all indications point to the fact that she was a regular attendee. And to me, that is really incredible because it shows us how that uh, even with her infirmity, imagine this. I mean, you're walking like this for 18 years. And I don't know about you, but I would imagine that, that I would have to have a cane to walk around like that. I would imagine that she had one too. And this is how she walked around all the time. Now, maybe some older people. I've seen some in the old country. Hallelujah, when they didn't have very good medical care. I've seen several people bent over like this from hard life, hard living, and from a lot of things they have to do, and then from injuries as well. But imagine you walking around like this. How could you live? How could you walk? How could you do your work? Amen. It would be most difficult for 18 years, and yet with her physical infirmity and her ailment, she found herself in the house of God. It's commendable that even in her medical condition, she would still come into the house of the Lord. And I, I tell you, we have people like that here today. I know that I'm, I'm sure some of you uh, know, as we have prayed for many people in our midst, in our congregation, some of you have ailments in, in, in your body as well. I know, in fact, uh, let me just mention Brother Gary Enders. We've been praying for him. Hallelujah. You know, he, he drives a truck. He's on the road five, five days a week. Then he has to unload. And now his back is shot. He's got three vertebrae there, three discs that told his shot. The doctors took x-rays and they cannot fix it. They cannot operate. Hallelujah. And he's in constant pain. And yet here he is in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
There are people here, amen, Brother, uh, Brother Rick Riss, he had surgery on his right shoulder. He had a fall, and he shattered his shoulder. They had to do surgery on him. He still can't lift his hand up all the way. Here he is in the house of the Lord. There's many others here. Brother Jimmy Williams, hallelujah. He's on an oxygen tank right now in the back. He's been in the hospital for several weeks, hallelujah. But here he is in the house of the Lord, and Jesus is here, and God's going to touch them, and God's going to touch you too. Just reach out to him in faith believing. Amen. It's commendable to every one of you that are here in the house of the Lord today and you've got pain in your body and you're hurting. You may be discouraged and cast down as this woman was. And that's really a symbolic representation of mankind. We are bent over. We're bent down. We're weighted down by sin, by sickness, by shame, uh, by guilt, things we've done in the past. Uh, hallelujah. But here we are in the house of the Lord. And the good news is that God can help us. Only God can straighten us out. Hallelujah. Only God can straighten out your life. Hallelujah. Just a few days ago, I was talking to a young man that came by as we were having a prayer meeting and went out to the car. Amen. And he came by and says, hey, I have got an addiction problem, but I've got a daughter on the way. I know I can't live like this. I've got to get it together. I've got to change. I've got to straighten my life out. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, no preacher can straighten a life out like that, but Jesus Jesus can. Hallelujah. I can't fix anybody's problems, Sister Andrea. Hallelujah. I can, you can come to me for counseling, and I'll do the best I can. I'll give you counsel from the Word of God. But I can tell you that I cannot fix your problem. There's only one that can fix your problem, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's who I point you to. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That's what I pointed this young man to. Hallelujah. And he promised that he would be back. I believe he will be. Praise the name of the Lord. Because God is calling him and dealing with him. Hallelujah. Praise God. But notice with this woman, she came into the synagogue in that physical condition. She came really for a spiritual reason. She came to honor God. She came to seek God. She came to hear the word of God. And that's important because Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek the kingdom of God first. Uh, amen. Don't be thinking about your own things, your substance, uh, your money problems, your finances. Amen. Uh, don't be thinking about what I'm going to eat, where I'm going to go, where I'm going to live. Hallelujah. First, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that all these things shall be added unto you. And this woman did just that. She came to hear the word of God. She came to hear righteousness. She came for the kingdom of God. And when Jesus saw that her priorities were right, hallelujah, she called her even before she asked for anything. That goes completely in alignment with Isaiah 65, 24. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will ask Answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And if you're here today, you're seeking the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. Can I tell you, your priorities are right. And God sees your heart. And if you come up here in a little while, we're going to have a prayer meeting. Amen. We're going to anoint people with oil that are sick. If you've got some kind of ailment in your body, you've got something that's biting you or weighing you down, you can be free of it today because Jesus is a miracle worker. I don't care how hard it seems. I don't care how impossible it seems to you. But Jesus can help. Can you say praise the Lord? 
You may not have asked for him, but he is going to call you. And I believe that because you're here today, you are here because he already called you. Hallelujah. One other thing we can see about this woman is that she was a daughter of Abraham. She was one of the people of Israel, the chosen people that God selected that he would put his truths into people who would guard his truth about one God and the way that he deals with mankind. It is through this people of Israel that, that the Messiah, Jesus, came through because God promised that he would. Amen. She was a daughter of Abraham, Jesus said. Why should this daughter of Abraham be bound up and tied up? Amen. And why should I not heal her on the Sabbath day? Don't you do the same thing and loosen an animal, that poor animal, when he needs to be watered? If you've got that much compassion on your animals, why shouldn't we have more compassion on this woman that has been suffering like this for 18 years? And Jesus loosed her from her infirmity. Praise God. She was a child of God. You may be a child of God here. You may be bowed down. You might have some things right now that is weighing on you and discouragement and, dis and, and, and uh, maybe, maybe you're down. Maybe you're depressed about something or, or some reason, something that you've been facing. But can I tell you, God can pull you up. It's only God that can reach down to you and lift you up. Hallelujah. And it's a little while when you come forward to pray. Amen. We're going to pray for you. And we're going to do exactly what Jesus did. The Bible said that he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now that's very important. That Jesus came and laid his hands on her. You know, uh, it's, it does say that it was Satan that bound her. But it doesn't mean that Satan possessed her. She was not a demon-possessed person. Jesus never, ever laid hands on a person who was demon-possessed. He always spoke to that devil. He spoke without touching them. And he cast them out. Now, don't be surprised. Casting out devils is our prerogative as well. It's our privilege. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Hallelujah. They shall cast out devils. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. In my name, hallelujah. Listen, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's what we do. And, if, and we meet devils. Now, I don't know about you. I've met devils before. I've seen them cast out when you speak to them. Hallelujah. I can see in Hungary when there was a man who was bound uh, by, by a demon and he was a gypsy. And uh, I remember him. He could not praise God. He could not worship. Uh, amen. But Brother Ellis and I, we gathered around him and rebuked that devil. There was an instant like shaking, and that devil left him instantly, hallelujah, and by next morning, uh, he got the Holy Ghost in his bed, he rode his bicycle five kilometers, about three and a half miles, uh, to come to where we were, and, and, and tell us early in the morning, even before we woke up, he was waiting, I got the Holy Ghost, I got the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, he was excited, he's got a different kind of spirit than he had before, he could praise Jesus, hallelujah, Whew. God is a healer, and he's a deliverer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And even, yes, there are devils in this world. Yes, there are devils, but we don't want to give him credit for everything that goes wrong. Not everything that you suffer in your body is because of him. So just remember that even good people get sick, like the daughter of Abraham. 
like the children of God. Hallelujah. But the Bible tells us also that if any sick among you, then let him call for the elders of the church. Let him anoint him with oil. And the prayer of faith shall see the sick. And if they have committed any sin, it shall be forgiven them. That's James chapter 5. That's New Testament. Amen. We just got to have faith in the word of God that what he promised that he will do. And you know what else he said he will do? He said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, friend. You know what it is and how good it is when you've been walking around in sin and the guilty conscience and the weight of that and God can lift that off of you, that burden of guilt and can, that, that regret and remorse. Only Jesus can do that and his precious blood can wash all that away. This is why baptism in the name of Jesus is so important. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. We come to God in repentance. That's the very first thing that we need to do. We need to repent. When we come to God for prayer, hallelujah, for healing, for deliverance, for whatever, amen. We come to God and say, Lord, forgive me of everything I have ever done. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, forgive me for all my sins. And he instantly forgives you. And not only does he forgive, he forgets. But guess what? Hallelujah. You know, when you break a window, the damage is still there. You can come and say, you break my window. And you say, I'm sorry I broke your window. I said, I forgive you. But you know what? The window is still broken. Same thing with sin. You can ask forgiveness and God will forgive you. But you still got, hallelujah, sin you got to deal with. You got to get rid of it. You got to change the window. You've got to change your clothes. You got to wash in water with the name of Jesus. That's why Peter on day Pentecost said, repent, and after you repent, be baptized, every one of you, not just some, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's all part and parcel of it. You just can't ask God to forgive you. You got to go on. You got to be born of the water and the spirit. Why? Jesus said, marvel not, but you must be born again. Hallelujah. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's what's born of the spirit is spirit. In other words, when we were born into this world, we, born, we were born physically, and we came out of water and spirit. We came out of our mother's womb, surrounded by water, and then when we came out of the, the birth canal, we took our first breath, and that's air, and that's same as spirit. Hallelujah. You know the story. You know the drill. In Greek and Hebrew, it's all the same. Ruach in Hebrew and, and Numea in Greek. Air, wind, breath, spirit, it's all the same word. When you take your breath, you're taking a breath of spirit. When you're born physically, you come out of water and you take a breath and you're born physically. But you have to do the same thing spiritually. So when you repent, you die out to your old self, and then we bury you in Jesus' name. But it's not just a burial, it's also a birth. When you come out of that water, you're born of the water. Now you're a new person. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. And his blood, when you're baptized in that water in Jesus' name, is applied to your soul, and you're cleansed, and you're like a brand new creature. And the Bible says it's the only thing, the only thing that cleanses your conscience. This is why the, the New Testament message of the blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary and applied to us is superior to any other message before that in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they had animal sacrifices, uh, shedding the blood of animals. Uh, but guess what? The blood of an animal is not equal to the blood of a human. 
An animal cannot pay for the price and the worth of a human being. But Jesus Christ, a human being, God who came as a human, shed his blood on the cross. Why? To provide sinless blood. A precious commodity, one that is one of a kind. Amen. That's why it was so valuable. And that's why Peter the apostle calls it not just blood, but precious blood. Precious blood. It's the only thing that can pay the price and atonement for your sins and mine. And not just us here, but the entire world because that blood is so precious. Again, it's one of a kind. But the only way to apply the blood to your soul and your conscience is to be baptized in this wonderful, lovely, warm water in the name of Jesus Christ. It's warm. Hallelujah. I got a big tank back here. We've got uh, baptism robes. Uh, we've got hair dryers. We've got everything you need. Uh, hallelujah. And you can be out of here in 15 minutes. Uh, we'll talk to you, uh, and we will t- teach you a little bit about what the water baptism is all about, even more than what I just told you. But it's enough to say and enough to know for now that it is fulfilling Jesus' command for us to be born again. Yes. Hallelujah. Getting forgiveness for our sins will repent is fine. We need it. It's indispensable. Without repentance, you cannot receive anything from God. Especially not water baptism and especially not the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You've got to repent first. And then God will fill you with the Spirit. And you do need also to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Hallelujah. Listen, it's a wonderful message. It's a wonderful story. And God is incredible. He is an incredible Savior. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, you may be listening to this preacher. You may believe it. You may not. But I'm here to tell you, it's the truth. It's the truth. And if you follow it, if you listen to it, if you obey it, you will find life and life eternal. You know, there are a lot of great preachers in this world. A lot of great preachers. I know a lot of great preachers in the United Pentecostal Church. And uh, I'll tell you what, I envy them. I wish I could be like some of them. I'm not. I'm only who I am. I am what I am by the grace of God, even as, even as Paul said. You know? And even Paul, the great apostle that wrote half the New Testament, he said, you know, there's only a certain dispensation of this truth that is given unto me. A certain part, a certain segment is so much. He didn't have it all. In fact, before, when he died, you know, he died about 30 years before the book of Revelation was ever written. He never read the book of Revelation. We do. We have it. He never had it. There's so, but, but, of course, he saw it. He saw it. Amen. There's so many things that he saw when he was caught up in the third heaven and the visions that he had from God. He was not allowed to talk about. He's not allowed to write about it. Amen. He just saw some things and convinced him ever, more than ever that, that what he was preaching was true and it was right. Hallelujah. But praise God. Uh, God wants to give us so much more than what we have right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you can have the best preacher. And still not get to where you really need to be. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you will at this time. I'm done. You know, Adam and Eve had the best preacher. Yeah. 
God himself was talking to them. He told them, Adam, Eve, I'm the God that created you. I created this garden, everything you see around you, everything you see in the skies, the sun during the day, the moon at night, and all the stars that come out. No pollution in the, in the, in the atmosphere. It's all me. This beautiful garden, I'm, it's Eden. I, it, it's, it's got everything you need, everything you'd want. It's delicious, it's beautiful, it's tasty, all that. And you can eat of everything you want, every, anything you want, except one tree, just one tree. And this, this one here is the knowledge of, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't mess with it. Don't touch it. Stay away from it, because the day you eat thereof, you're going to die. Well, you know, we have another preacher. It's called Satan. <laughs> He's not a preacher, but he came tempting Adam and Eve. Because, you know, after God created the heavens and the earth, there was a war in heaven. Lucifer rebelled against God, took a third of the legions of heaven with him. All because of a lie that he can dethrone God. The Bible said, Jesus speaking, Behold, I saw Satan fall like lightning. <laughs> lightning travels 28,000 miles per second. That's how quick it took God to judge Satan and create hell. Hell was created for Lucifer, for Satan, same thing, and for his demons who are fallen angels. And he's not finished with them. He's going to deal with them. In fact, the Bible says that his last days, you know, he's, 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 he knows his time is short. You see all these upheavals. The world, well, listen, things are going to get worse than it ever has been in the history of the world. Mark it down. You may not believe it, but Jesus spoke it. I believe it. But God spoke to Adam and Eve and said, this is what you got to do. Don't mess with this tree. Why, why, why is it wrong? Why is it wrong for me to eat this fruit? Because I said so, because I'm God. And I am defining this to be evil for you. And Adam and Eve, after the temptation for Lucifer, who says, thou shalt not surely die, they decide to be God themselves. And Adam and Eve decided to redefine what evil is something what people do today. We're beginning to redefine what is good and what is evil. Isaiah 5 says, says woe unto them, what judgment comes on, a woe unto them that call evil for good and good for evil, that call light for darkness and darkness for light, that call bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. What is it? It's a threefold witness of judgment coming on mankind that begins to redefine what is right and wrong. And the best preacher in the world preached that. That's God. And yet, Adam and Eve, in the best of circumstances, turned their back on God. And God had to kick him out of the garden. And here we are today. 
Why is the world in such a mess? Because mankind still keeps turning their back on God. Why is my life in such turmoil? Why is my life in such darkness? Because you've turned away from the light. You've turned away from truth. He's been preaching for thousands of years, but how many have really listened? Adam and Eve lost out. They were driven out of the garden. They had a first son, Cain. God made a promise to Adam and Eve that there'll be a way back and it'll come through the seed of the woman. As soon as Cain was born, Eve said, yes, I've got a man child from the Lord. The promise is fulfilled. We're going to get to go back to the garden. And God was really saying, not so fast, Eve. My time is not your time. I've got a plan and a plan will take a long time because you see I want the earth to be populated by thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions so I can give a chance and opportunity for millions to come to where I am because I desire fellowship I want a lot of people around me I want to populate my heaven with people like you so thousands of years later the apostle Paul writes to the Galatians that in the fullness of time, or at the right time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. That's why Jesus came, to fulfill the promise, to provide the bridge for us to get back into a relationship with God, align ourselves with him. And that's why Jesus said, in order to do that, we have to be born again. Just as we were born into this world, we have to be born into that world. Just as we were born into this world through water and spirit, we have to be born into that world through water and spirit, his spirit. Cain, well, he didn't understand that right away. And Abel, well, he heard the story that God is pleased with an animal sacrifice. Why? God took the coats of skins of animals, killed them, and made clothing for Adam and Eve to cover their nakedness because when they sinned, God's glory lifted. All of a sudden, what happened? And they were embarrassed. They were ashamed. They tried to cover it up in a little way, and it wasn't enough. God said, uh-uh. I'll cover you the way I think it should be covered. So killed animals and gave them clothing. The clothing you and I wear today, living proof of where we came from, what happened way back in the beginning, why we're not running around naked, not to mention the cold. But it was a different world back then, too. It was a hothouse. Remember that? After the flood, the whole climate changed. But here was Cain. And Cain was jealous because God accepted Abel, his brother's sacrifice of an animal. But God would not accept Cain's sacrifice of vegetables. Cain knew that God needed a, a, a blood sacrifice for atonement for his own sins, for Cain's sins. He was mad. And God began to preach to Cain. He said, look, Cain, I love you. You're mine. You're my grandson. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love you. But don't do this. Don't, be, don't, don't you, know, if you know if you do well, I'll accept it. You just got to do right. 
Oh, he got huffy and puffy and walked out. The Bible says next thing you know, he got an argument with his brother because he was jealous and envious of him, and he killed him. Buried him in the ground. God comes around calling. He knows God didn't stop him. That's another whole issue right there. Hallelujah. See, God's not going to stop you from every evil and bad thing. If he does, he'll take away the privilege of your will to do as you please. Because without that will, there's no foundation or basis for a, a, a loving relationship. You've got to choose to love somebody before it's real love. Same thing with God. You've got to choose to love him. You've got to choose him. And he said, Jesus said, if you, if you love me, keep my commandments. You've got to choose Jesus. So God's pleading with Cain, don't do this. Well, he killed his brother Abel, buried him. And God says, where's your brother Abel? I don't know. Not my turn to watch him. And God said, what have you done? Your brother's blood's crying out from the ground. The bottom line is, God was preaching to him, and he didn't listen. And the saddest testimony by Cain is, the Bible says, he walked, he went out from the presence of the Lord. Listen to that. He went out from the presence of the Lord. You know where all this unbelief comes from? It goes right back to Cain, not to Abel. He was killed. You know where the unbelief is? You know where this falsehood and all these false gods, all these other things that try to replace the presence of God and music and art and, and all kinds of creativity? It comes right from Cain and his descendants that turned their back on God. Yet it wasn't until a few chapters later that Seth was born and finally people started calling on the name of the Lord what I'm saying to you is you can have the best preacher or you can have a a weak little man like me preach to you but God is really the one preaching he's the chief shepherd you can have the best and walk out of here unchanged or you can listen to that still small voice that is here right now. And you can say, yes, Jesus, I'm coming. I'm following after you. I want to turn my life around. I want a better life. And most of all, beyond this life, I want to be where you are. I want to make it to heaven. And you may also be here because you've got a pain in your body and sickness. As the praise team comes and sings, we're going to open up these altars. I want you to come. You've got pain in your body. You've got a sickness. Come. In fact, all the folks have an ailment and sickness. Come on this side. If you're coming here to give your heart to the Lord Jesus, if you want forgiveness for your sins, if you want deliverance from something, if you feel the devil's been plaguing you, listen, I've been dealing with people that have been, that been, been messed with by the devil, and they know it. When you get into drugs and alcohol, you, you lower your resistance to, spirit, to the spiritual realm, and the devil's mess with your mind. Schizophrenia. I'm not saying all schizophrenics are demon possessed. No, no, no. There can be demonic activity. But when you smoke, when you, you, you drink, you, you, you put marijuana in your body and all these other chemicals, listen, you, you're, you're altering your mindset and you're weakening your will to resist against these spirits. That's why Jesus made it part of our last day's ministry. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. 
my name they shall cast out devils we're going to do that I want to have the, the minister team come down church I want some of you ladies some of you men and women come hallelujah we're going to pray for these people alright praise God brother Brian takes some oil and start anointing these folks hallelujah we're going to pray for them some of you precious people right here amen hallelujah I want you to pray we're going to pray a prayer of repentance first of all every one of us we're going to pray would you lift your hands and close your eyes say Lord Jesus forgive me of all of my sin forgive me for everything I've ever done wrong Lord God I know you're merciful God you said if I confess my sins you forgive me